0: We're back for another episode of, you guessed it, American West History and Lore. I'm your host, Paul Workman, and I'm glad to be back with you once again. So as of lately, I've been listening to an audiobook, a pretty good one at that. what I'm trying to get at here is that it inspired this episode. Now I know you're all dying to know what it is, and it's a book called Dragon Teeth. Now I'm sure you are all familiar with the book Jurassic Park, written by Michael Crichton, Well, Crichton passed away several years ago, but as we know with many deceased authors, the majority of them had books in the works before they passed or, in some cases, books completed. Well, Dragon Teeth is one of those books posthumously released by Crichton's estate. The story follows a young man named William Johnson in 1876, who as a college student gets in on a scientific expedition to head west and look for fossils. It's also based on the famous feud between two scientifically oriented men, Edward Cope and Othniel Marsh, which would become known as the Bone Wars. As one source put it, quote, The Bone Wars, the heated rivalry between two paleontologists that led to great fossil discoveries and their own social demise. This book started me thinking about the area I live in and how close I am to one of the world's most infamous paleontological sites, Dinosaur National Monument and how discoveries there by a man named Earl Douglas in 1909 helped shape and define the area of northeastern Utah. Now, Dinosaur National Monument is an incredible place to visit, and tourists from all around the world come to northeastern Utah to see the site. Specifically, people who want to see the world-renowned Wall of Bones, also known as the Carnegie Dinosaur Quarry which, within an enclosed building, is a rock wall containing around 1,500 dinosaur fossils that lived during the late Jurassic period, around 149 million years ago. Most of these remnants are from the Allosaurus, Apatosaurus, Camarasaurus, Diplodocus, and the Stegosaurus. The question, though, is, who found and exposed all of these for the world to see? The answer is, a man by the name of Earl Douglas, who was the first to discover what would eventually become the Wall of Bones as we know it today. Earl Douglas was born in 1862 in Medford, Minnesota. He had taken an interest in the sciences when he was a kid, particularly in geology, which would prove to be very beneficial and gain him much success in his professional career later on in life. His college credentials go as follows. Some education at the University of South Dakota in 1888, a Bachelor's of Science from Iowa State College in 1893, and a Master's degree in Geology in 1900 from the University of Montana. He taught for some time at several primary schools as well as the University of Montana, and in 1900 he was granted a fellowship at Princeton University. All of this led up to Douglas landing a job at the Carnegie Museum of Natural History in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, to study and work in the field of paleontology. Now, even to this day, the Carnegie Museum of Natural History is one of the country's most respected museums to learn about and see some of the great prehistoric items from the past. Started in 1895 by Pittsburgh steel tycoon Andrew Carnegie, Carnegie wanted all people alike to come to the museum to see the wonders of the past, from ancient Egypt to aesthetically pleasing minerals to dinosaurs. Around 1902, Douglas was sent to the field in order to obtain museum-quality specimens in order to showcase at the Carnegie, and in 1905, traveling between Minnesota, North Dakota, Montana, and Idaho, he was commissioned to collect vertebrae and invertebrae fossils in order to obtain data to attempt to solve geological issues within that region. He eventually made his way to Utah in the summer of 1909, where he began searching for specimens near the Duchesne River in northeastern Utah. Soon after that, he was dispatched by the then-director of the Carnegie Museum, W.J. Holland, to the area of Vernal where he was instructed to dig up dinosaur bones there. In his diary entries, Douglas talks about becoming somewhat frustrated due to the fact that the area he was sent to had no good specimens. It appeared to him that all of the good fossils had been taken already, and on August sixteenth, nineteen 1909, he stated that, quote, the bones were terribly broken up and it seemed as if they had been churned up. Felt rather discouraged. End quote. On August seventeenth, however, Douglas's luck changed for him. He states that quote, at last, in the top of the ledge where the softer overlying beds form a divide, a kind of saddle, I saw eight of the tailbones of an apatosaurus in exact position. It was a beautiful sight. End quote. This discovery changed the course of Earl Douglas's life, as this area essentially became his full-time office. He, his wife, and son established a ranch near the newly discovered Dinosaur Quarry. And this is where he worked for nearly 14 more years. 13 of those years, the quarry being funded by the Carnegie Museum until they decided they had enough quality material. Around 1915, Douglas became quite concerned about the fact that many more people were beginning to enter the Uinta Basin to Homestead. His fear was that the newcomers would disturb yet-to-be-discovered fossils, and he decided to file for a mining claim. Which he was denied by the government. But the Carnegie director, Dr. Holland, wasn't having this. He contacted a colleague at the Smithsonian Institute in Washington, and this concern eventually made its way up the ladder to then President Woodrow Wilson, who took action and deemed eighty acres within the surrounding area of the quarry a national monument under the designation of the Antiquities Act. After all work had been completed at the quarry in nineteen twenty four and he had left the employ of the Carnegie Museum, Douglas took a position at the University of Utah. For two years, he prepared fossils from the quarry for mounting. After this, he spent the rest of his life as a geologist in the Uinta Basin before he passed away on January thirteenth, 1931. In an article in the Steamboat Pilot on January thirtieth, 1931, they wrote this about Douglas. Quote, Professor Earl Douglas, who died last week in Salt Lake City, contributed much to the science and was nationally known. He was a scientist, poet, author, lecturer, and discoverer of what is perhaps the most complete dinosaur skeletons, said to be the largest ever found. For more than 30 years, Professor Douglas roamed vast areas of the West on hunting expeditions. His hunting, however, was not in pursuit of living game. His weapons were the prospector's pick and shovel, supplemented by a magnifying glass, and the game he hunted died so many millenniums ago that in its burial places, no evidence has been found that man had yet arrived on the earth. End quote. I hope we can all be like Earl Douglas and quote unquote hunt for our own type of game, whatever that may be, in order to advance knowledge and help make the world a better and more interesting place. Now that's a wrap for this episode. I hope you've enjoyed hearing about Earl Douglas and hope that someday you can make your way to northeastern Utah and check out Douglas's discoveries at the Dinosaur National Monument. For further reading and show notes for this episode, head on over to americanwesthistoryandlore.blogspot.com and follow the links there. Also, if you have any questions or comments concerning the show, feel free to shoot me an email at thepkworkman at gmail.com or head on over to the American West History and Lore Facebook page and post there. I would also love it if you could head on over to iTunes or Stitcher and give the show a five-star rating and a kind review if you think it deserves it. Thanks again and we'll catch you next time.